Got any questions before we get started? No. All good? All good to go? Okay. You ready to do this thing? I'm ready to do this thing. This thing. That's the southern thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Tennessee. In case you couldn't tell by my accent. But... You tell it all. Yeah, where are you from? I mean, I, I know you're born in Canada. Yeah, I was born in Toronto, and my parents came to California, to Hollywood, California, when I was five. And uh, we became American citizens when I was ten, exactly five years later, which it was how it went at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I pretty much grew up in, uh, in Hollywood, California, and then we moved to West L.A., and it was a beautiful it was it was a magnificent state, California in the in the, in the, in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, 60s. that's what I've heard. I've heard yeah. rumors about how wonderful California uh -huh. used to be until it got inundated with liberals. Yeah, it was definitely the, the golden state. Or the beliefs of liberals changed, I guess. Right. Maybe. Yeah, that, right. I think that's more uh -huh. of, along the lines of what actually happened. It was idyllic uh, growing up. No, nothing like what, um, to some extent, my kids had it, but after that, that life was completely over. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Let's get started. Okay. All right, all right, all right, Lead Heads. We are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Lefty. Ten years of leducating the uneducated here on the Talking Lead Podcast. Uh, not only that, but we uh, we bring other things to the plate as well. Uh, we are a diverse show. We bring uh, all kinds of diverse guests. We talk about different topics, not just firearms, uh, but we show the relevance of of the 2A community and the diversity of the 2A community and that it's not just within the firearms industry, but it, it branches out outside the outdoors industry. It goes into the sports industry. It goes into every industry. Uh, everyone loves their Second Amendment rights. And uh, we're going we're gonna to have a, a guest on today that I know you leadheads will appreciate and will love to hear her story. Uh, but before we do that, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Keltech. Go to keltechweapons.com, use the code LEADHEAD, and you're going to get 15% off anything in their pro shop there at Keltech Weapons. Firearms excluded, obviously. Uh, but any of their accessories, their their cool hats, shirts, uh, they've got some other things there, too, that I think you guys will really enjoy. And with the holidays coming up, might as well jump on and, and get your shopping done early. Go to Keltech Weapons. Mission First Tactical. Uh, Dave and the gang at uh, Mission First Tactical have really been taking care of you leadheads with the giveaways that they've been doing on the show uh, and the discount code that they have offered you. Use the code LEADHEAD there, and you're going to get 20% off any of your purchases at Mission First Tactical. That's uh, either AR accessories, their tactical holsters that they have. They've got holsters for pretty much any firearm that you can think of, and their dump trays, their tactical wallets. For our video audience... Uh, if you're into making your stuff next level cool, they can even print custom graphics on your AR-15 magazines and those dump trays that we uh, 
that we talk about here on the show. I use them for armor's trays. So when I'm out working on my guns or cleaning, uh, I use the dump trays. And uh, they've got all kinds of cool ones there. You can get the Talking Lead logos. You can get your own custom logo if you want. Um, the options are endless when it comes to that. So go to Mission First Tactical, check them out. They even have pepper spray and bags now. So they've got uh, gear bags for you guys. Um, go check them out. Those are new. You're going you're gonna to really love those. I've got a couple. I uh, used to have them nearby. I don't know where they're at right now. But uh, go to their website, Mission First Tactical. Use code LEADHEAD and uh, get 20% off. And, of course, our good buddies at SEAL1 for all your gun cleaning, gun care uh, needs. SEAL1 has you covered. CLP, clean, lube, protect, uh, and it really helps prevent and clean up corrosiveness. So if you've got some corrosive spots on your guns or you want to prevent that, use SEAL1, and that's going to help. You go to SEAL1.com, SEAL1 and done, use the code LEADHEAD, and you're going to get a big fat 25% off uh, from our buddy Dwight at SEAL1. So in case you didn't get an opportunity, you hadn't listened to the previous episodes, make sure you go back and check those out. Um, the AK Corner dropped earlier this month, so if you haven't had an opportunity, check out the Talking Lead AK Corner. Uh, this episode, this was our BFT-47 Century Arms giveaway. So we gave away a BFT-47 rifle, Talking Lead, and Century Arms, uh, and you leadheads that participated, thank you for taking the time to submit your entries. We did narrow it down. I'm not going to tell you who the winner was in case you didn't, you haven't listened yet. Go back, check that episode out. Uh, it was a tough battle, but uh, we did finally narrow it down and picked a winner out of out of all you leadheads. So this episode, we have the owner, the creator, the the proprietor, I don't know. It's it's a nonprofit organization. It's called Jews Can Shoot. And Miss Doris Wise is joining us today. She's the president and founder of Jews Can Shoot. It's a nonprofit civil rights and advocacy group which honors the memory of the Holocaust to preserve, protect, and defend the Second Amendment. Doris, welcome into the Talking Lead Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we appreciate you taking the time, especially on uh, such short notice. Appreciate you filling in uh, for this episode. And in talking to you, I know our listeners are going to really appreciate your story, and they're going to love what you're doing with your organization. Um, I hope so. So just kind of give us a, a high level, and we're going to talk details in a minute, uh, of okay. Jews Can Shoot, what, what your organization's all about. So I... At this point, I provide education and information from a variety of sources in one place to people so that they are informed and knowledgeable about the importance of the Second Amendment, the attacks on the Second Amendment, and what we what's being done to protect it and what's being done to infringe on it. Yeah, and you, you guys offer a newsletter. You sent me a couple um, of your newsletters, and I was going through those, and those are very informative, um, great source for finding out about all the attempts to take away our Second Amendment rights from the the anti-gunners and the governments and uh, you know what the media is doing to contribute to that as well. 
Uh, I probably haven't seen a more uh, encompassing source for this kind of information. So thank you. The, the, I, these... I seem to have um, the the resources to find information that is also on you. It isn't out front uh, in front of everybody. Right. And um, so I was and people send me stuff, mm -hmm. which is also good, which you you have to like look for to find and they find it. And I put it together and I try to create a theme every week. And I found that the theme is often created for me by, you know, by what the anti-gunners do. Right. So you can actually, if you follow the newsletters, you can see how they go from one or two things to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. You see the trend. And yeah. So I'm hoping that I have always believed that knowledge is power. Um, and of course, it's the power to actually then want to do something with that power, which I, you know, I hope people will do and that it'll be and that the Second Amendment will become they'll realize how important it is to our survival. And that's the message that I bring from my history. And we're going to we're going to learn more about how you you came to start Jews Can Shoot um, we want to hear about your background and your history. But first, Doris, before we do that, we do this little segment on the show. It's called The Planes and Trains. And this okay. is where we take care of some jack wagons and we honor some heroes. So, Gunny, bring that train in. Hey, Ralph, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week. So, brace yourself, baby. Toot, toot. So, the train has stationed. And uh, we have some jack wagons uh, that we want to take care of. And uh, I was telling Doris a little bit about this segment. So I'll kick it off just to kind of give you an idea of, of where we're headed with this. And if you want to take part, then you're more than welcome to take part. And it just so happens that, you know, when I was going through your um, one of your newsletters, this jack wagon was kind of like top of, the, of your news articles there. And it has to do with the credit card companies now are tracking gun sales. They have a special code, I guess, or itemized... Um, yeah, merchant code. Merchant code. Thank you, Doris. You know that I reach for words sometimes, so feel free to spit those out so, for me. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll help each other there. Yeah, so the, the three big major credit card companies, Visa, MasterCard, and American Express... Uh, are now tracking gun purchases uh, and sales. Doesn't say that they're they're banning them or preventing you from doing it, but they are tracking them now. Um, which you know maybe that's going to be the next thing that they do. Um, but it you know it concerns me as to why all all of a sudden and it seems like a massive um, change or you know policy that they they've implemented here all of a sudden. To start tracking the the firearms purchases. Well, they're calling it that they're looking for suspicious activity, uh, which is uh, interesting because I'm um, I don't first of all we don't know how they define suspicious, but I think that those of us who you know have been in this world for a while already have a pretty good idea how they use language 
how they use words. Yes. So words have meaning, us, right? Excuse me. Words have meaning, right? Then words have definitely to... have meaning, and the and nobody knows how to use it better than the left. Yeah, that or the media. I, I, have, yeah. I have to hand it to them. So, um, so the, to them, I we suspicious is law-abiding citizens buying guns. Okay. To us, we know that uh, criminals don't typically. First of all, they don't typically buy a gun. And secondly, they don't use their credit card. Exactly. They, they don't typically have a credit card. Or if they do, it's someone else's. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So um, from your newsletter, th this is an article from Bearing Arms, uh, Ryan Petty, September 15th, 2022. Credit cards and gun purchases, the end game for gun control activists. So I just want to read a little bit of this to you leadheads, and you can go read the whole thing. Uh, but it says, it's been a little over a year since the New York Times published its report on how mass shooters use credit cards to purchase firearms. In the wake of numerous mass shootings, gun control activists have been looking for new ways to crack down on firearm sales. They're always looking for ways, aren't they? Always. Uh, frustrated by the lengthy legislative process, which is the, the legal process. So frustrated by going through legal means, you know, read between the lines here, mm -hmm. and recent setbacks at the su Supreme Court, setbacks they're calling, they're calling them, uh, one of their uh, latest strategies is to push for the creation of a new merchant category for firearms retailers and to pressure credit card companies to use it to classify firearms-related purchases. But what is the end game for gun control activists? Is it to create a private gun registry or to flag suspicious purchases? Well, they already have a gun registry, for one. You know, whether you, you want to believe it or not, they have and they can get access to everyone who's bought or purchased a firearm. Right. Uh, and we've seen news stories here recently where the uh, ATF have, have gone into um, gun stores and basically confiscated their list and have copied their list of purchases, um, which is illegal um, for some of the information that they're gathering on those. But anyway, uh, there's more to this story. Uh, impacts law-abiding gun owners might be felt sooner than anyone realizes. Last Friday, Reuters reported that an international standards body has approved so this is an in international, this is not a United States, this is not an American um, body, this is an international, has approved the creation of a merchant code for gun retailers following pressure from activists who say it will help track suspicious weapons purchases. At a meeting this week, a subcommittee of the International Organization of Standardization approved what is known as a merchant category, category code. For firearms stores, a spokeswoman said, the approval of the new category code clears the way for banks to process gun retailer payments to decide whether to assign the new code to merchants. The codes were requested of the Swiss body known as ISO uh, by this New York bank, I'm not even going to try to say their name, which calls itself a socially responsible lender and investor. Okay. <laughs> The conventional it's wisdom... Another, it's, it's another form of social scoring. Absolutely. 
The conventional wisdom is that these gun control advocates are creating a kind of private surveillance system and registry of gun-related purchases in the United States with credit card processors, using the new merchant code to watch for suspicious purchases and report their customers to authorities authorities for further investigation. So again, you know, suspicious. What's suspicious? That's what exactly is, because the there's question. no there's no law limiting how many firearms I can purchase. But they're already they've already the the ATF has already shown uh, shown up at somebody's house because I as I recall that video that that the uh, homeowner and the gun owner uh, made uh, was that he had bought one or two, he had bought multiple guns so multiple right. to them is two. Sure. Right. Well, more than one is multiple. That's the definition, right? Exactly. Again, words. Again, words have meaning. So words absolutely have meaning. Actually. Yeah. Actually, I am going to post an article that came out from um, one of those lefty uh, um, uh, sites. Um, One of the state-sponsored lefty sites. Not it's not NPR, but one similar to that, where they actually talk. They actually tell us exactly what they're what they do with words and how they use them. We could we should learn from them. That's my opinion. We should definitely learn from them. Absolutely, and we're going to get into history uh, here in a little bit with you, and that we should never forget, and we should learn from history. Right. This guy goes on to say there are a few potential problems with this line of reasoning. First, it is unclear what exactly would constitute a suspicious purchase, which we just talked about. Even gun control activists cannot define how they believe this will work. Second, even if credit card companies were able to identify suspicious purchases or buying patterns, it's not clear that they would be legally obligated to report them. Third, as reported by Cam Edwards in an interview with Mark Olivia, Olivia of the National Shooting Sports Foundation, the new merchant code will not give credit card companies the ability to look into the specific items purchased, like a firearm or ammunition, which calls into question the rationale for the uh, the utility of the new merchant code. So he goes on to, to talk about this, but, uh, you know, again, this is another way that the, the government, the anti- Gunners are going about uh, keeping track, and, and the, don't think that this is just where it stops. Is with a merchant code, because they're going to start this to be able to control what you can purchase firearms-wise, how much you can purchase. Um, I mean, there's no ends to 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 what this is going to to create. It also creates another issue on our side. Taxes. That we, that- Excuse me. I was uh, taxes, you know, because I use my credit card when I go, you know, do my right. taxes, so I can, you know, categorize, and it's another way for them to keep up with taxation as well. Right, but it, it's a, it has a chilling effect on on us. So now that when if we want to go buy a gun or ammunition or anything at a gun store, we're gonna we're gonna think twice. Do we buy do do we buy one gun today if we wanted to come in and buy two or, or it's it's a very it's very chilling. Do we use cash? Do we go to the ATM first? It it, it ha- that I think that's that is also the point. It's to stop us on our side as well. I was going to read on because this says just this past year, activist investors have pushed more than one firearms manufacturer to adopt a human rights policy. So. Um, 
he goes on to talk about how um, these activists, and we've seen the firearms, you know, Daniel Defense is one of those. Um, during one of the mass shootings, their firearms was, was used, and, you know, their feet were put to the fire uh, about their uh, about their rifles. But they're not the first. Um, there's, there's several. They always try to make somebody accountable um, for the shooting other than the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but they want them to do... Um, study the safety of its products. And we, I mean, we all know that a firearm, it's not, it's, it's not a, what do, how do I want to say this? A firearm does damage. Firearm okay? is it's just destructive. A tool. It is a it tool f- of, dis- of destruction, you know, right. that, that's what it is. So I don't understand the study, the safety of its products other than they're not going to be hurting the end user. You know, that's the, the way the study should be, but that's not the way they're intending them here. They're intending them as your products are being used to go out uh, in these rare instances of these, these mass shootings. And, they you know, mass shootings, the definition there, again, words have meaning. Uh, mass more than one, you know, that's, if you look mm-hmm. it up, that, that's what it is. And the definition of that for governmental tracking and media reporting changes constantly as well so this is my jack wagon the 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 credit card companies going and implementing these new ways to track firearms purchases so i'll leave it there i don't want to get too too deep into the woods Do you have anything else to add to that i not directly a couple of things first of all you what the two cards that i've noticed right away that are not on that list Mm-hmm. and I haven't found it anywhere, are the Discover card and the City card and Citibank card. So I don't know if they are included, but they're clearly not mentioned. So mm-hmm. I would be interested in finding out if they're doing it too. So that's an alternative. I would assume that they all are going to do it. Um, just because the three major ones are doing it, I don't see why it these... The other ones are good because they're not, none of them are are pro-gun either, you know, and it's no skin off their back. And I'm sure the government's probably going to add some sort of incentive for these companies oh, to to start implementing that code and, and doing the tracking. But I, I do recall that Visa was was reluctant to get on board with this, and they were finally convinced. I don't quite know, we don't know what... How can yeah the what kind of pressures manifested itself but yeah. they were convinced yeah uh, I mean all three of them there there's something in it for them otherwise why would they care so they're getting right. something out of this for doing this True. again True, yeah. you know the, the end what's their end game why are they doing this there's got to be a reason for every action there's a equal and opposite reaction so uh, something got these people and it wasn't this international this swiss uh iso and maybe you know maybe it was because you know we talked we talked about the new world order you know right (laughs) we've seen a lot about that here lately too so maybe it's not just our government that wants to track this maybe it's you know i'm sure it's illuminati that's that's out there all right enough about that doors let's let's move on now do you have a jack wagon do I? There are so many right now. <laughs> <laughs> Lefty right now. The, the, the big phenomenon right now is, is the, uh, the credit card 
the credit card companies yeah. and the efforts to um, to chill our ability to our 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 ability to to find a way to to defend ourselves and so specifically not anything right now not anything that pops into my mind you picked out the one that i think is the most critical at this moment and the most direct okay very good uh as far as my guy i don't i mean there's again there's plenty that we could have but i want to i don't want to take up too much of your time because we want to talk about you but what about heroes do you have any heroes that you would like to uh, nominate and put on Lead Force One? Well, there's two of them. In uh, Both of them are Jewish. Unfortunately, they're both passed away. One is Rabbi Meyer Kahani, mm-hmm. um, who definitely advocated for Jew- Jews being armed. Tell us a little bit about him. We're, I'm not familiar uh, with him. First of all, he was assassinated. Oh, goodness. Okay. He Did he live in the United States? He was in Israel, and then he lived in, in the United States, yeah. Okay. And he definitely advocated for um, a, 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 that Jews be um, be armed. Um, and he came up with the uh, saying, for every Jew, a 22, okay, <laughs> to which I and others have added, to stay alive a 45. <laughs> to stay alive a 45, I like that. Well, a 22 is... Hey, it'll get the job done. You know, it's better than nothing. <laughs> right. So, you know, while you're there buying a 22, you can buy a 45 also. Um, and and then there was Jabotinsky from way before, from during the Holocaust, who very much advocated for a, uh, also for Jews to defend themselves and for um, uh, a Jewish army uh, during the Holocaust, which was negated, unfortunately. And he also encouraged the Jews to leave. I mean, it goes to my history. He encouraged the Jews to leave Europe and um, to leave Poland when they could, because there was a, an, a window of opportunity when Hitler let them leave. Uh, but that's a whole other story. Um, so those were those were the two there, there are, there are more. I just don't have them right off the top of my head right now. Sure, and those are great candidates, and uh-huh. they deserve, they deserve a seat on Lead Force One. Lead Force One is there, our, our. There is. I have a a, a friend, a okay. Facebook friend, who wrote a book. His name is Ross Meyer, M E I R, and he did write a book about all the Jews who Jewish in Jews in history who um, advocated for Jewish self defense. Okay, very good. So you got the spirit of, of the, the planes and trains. It's definitely there. It's, so it's definitely there. I'm going to give you props again, and I'm taking my hero from your newsletter. Um, this was uh, a, a, a Guns America Digest is where this, news, uh, this story comes uh-huh. from. It says, heroes stopped mass shooting, but mainstream media never covered the story. Uh, and... All too often, that's that's the case. What was the mall shooting that happened recently? That that gentleman that that's... that was uh, uh, was Dickin, um, Eli Dickin. Okay, and you know that was hot and heavy for uh, you know maybe a week, and oh, now yeah. you've not heard any more about it. It's been right because it was a justifiable, legal. They couldn't you know as hard as they tried to 
to villainize this guy saving lives. Uh, they, they just couldn't do it. Um, you know what came out of that? I actually had a friend who wrote an article on that because he was, Eli Dickin was carrying in a mall that had a sign that said no, you know, that no guns, you know, the, the, the sign that is actually interpreted as an invitation to criminals. That's my gun-free zone. The no, <laughs> the no gun zone is an invitation. You are cordially invited to shoot us up. <laughs> that's what that that's what uh, that's what the no gun that's what the gun-free zone is. That's what the no gun sign. And he was caring because in I think he was it was Nebraska, if I recall. That sign has no force of law, mm-hmm. so he he was he was safe. In I live in Arizona, and a friend of mine in Arizona wrote an article that I think in Arizona is what he said was that there are parts of there are certain parts in Arizona uh, in, where the law where that does sign that sign does have the force of law and if somebody had come in there and and done what Eli Dickin did he would have been arrested hmm so there is that issue with the with the force of law of those signs well and that that's the thing too here in Tennessee uh, you know, a a business can put up one of those signs, and they can request that you not bring firearms into their establishment. Right. It's not against the law, but if they ask you to leave and you don't leave, then you're trespassing, and that is against the law. Well, and then you can go somewhere else. But well, abs- absolutely, but I'm just saying that it's or 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 or, or a courthouse or something. It's not enforceable. You may not have that choice. That's true. That's true. But that you know again, that's why I advocate concealed carry, because then nobody's going to know until you need it, and uh, you don't have to worry about it. And Definitely. if you save lives, then you worry about that later. You worry about the consequences later. But the guy's name is Elijah Dickens. 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 And the most recent story I could find uh, that's coming up on the interwebs, um, it looks like July nineteenth, and it's CNN. And I'm curious to see what they say about him. Um, but I'm not going to read this whole thing here. It looks like they're just giving actual user accounts of, of what's going on. Uh, doesn't seem to be an opinion uh, article here. So, But the story disappeared. Yeah. Like I said, I, I just did a search on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me put his whole name in. E-L-I-S-J-S-H-A. Because when I do Eli, Eli Dickin, uh-huh. Eli Manning comes up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I don't think you'll find anything more recent. 25 days ago, 23. Here's one 12 days ago. But that's not him. That's somebody else. Um Mayor Dickens, Atlanta, Atlanta. No. So like 29, 25, 23 days ago is like the most recent one. If you're doing a, uh, you know, this, I'm using DuckDuckGo uh, for my search engine. I don't right. know how left or right they are with their with their engines and their, what are those things called? Uh, were they? Search engines. Search engines, but the... Um, the formulas they use. What are those called? Algorithms. 
algorithm. The algorithm, yeah. Uh, bystander at the mall was clearly a hero. Point, counterpoint, good guy with a gun, a hero, even if gun control advocates. Uh, it goes on to say there, and it, all these are calling him a hero. Um, so. Well, he was definitely a hero. No, no doubt about it. No, uh -huh. no doubt about it. But I would think that, uh, you know, and that's like the, and I'm not saying that Kyle Rittenhouse was a hero. By no no means am, am I calling him a, a hero at all. But, you know, that story kind of, after the judgment, just pff, disappeared too from the, the mainstream media. They didn't really hold on to that because, you know, it was another right. one that they, they had lost. So there you go. That's, uh, and I don't know if I, I think we threw uh, Elijah Dickin on the, on the hero plane here. So in case we didn't, he is one of our Leadhead Brigade heroes as well. Definitely. It's never too late to uh, bring in a hero or call somebody out as being a jack wagon on this show. So you can go back centuries if we need to, 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 to call somebody a jack wagon. <laughs> well, very good. So uh, Leadheads, if you want to submit your nominations for jack wagons or Leadhead Brigade heroes, talkinglead at gmail.com. Uh, send those to me, and I will read them on the air. Uh, and for you, if you have sent those and I haven't read them yet, I will get to them, I promise. Promise, I promise, I promise. All right. So, Gunny, get that train out of here, and we want to learn more about Doris and her nonprofit organization, Jews Can Shoot. Hey, Leadheads. White Settle with Seal One. Just here to talk to you and tell you a little bit about our product. Seal One CLP Plus is a bio-based, non-toxic product. It comes in a paste, liquid, aerosol, and pre-saturated bore-specific patches called Seal Skins. They all do the same thing, just different methods of application. The best way to use our product is to start with a clean firearm. And there's two reasons why I say that. First, you start with the Seal One CLP Plus by field stripping your firearm and covering the entire firearm inside and out, bore, barrel, everything with the seal one clp plus you'll see how easy it spreads around you'll want to wait about 15 to 20 minutes then you come back and you want to wipe it all off so you see how easy it is to put on and remove and the second reason we say to use a clean firearm is you'll find that it's not clean we're going to pull out more carbon that's been left behind with whatever product you've been using before okay it takes about three cleanings so i like to say a clean shoot clean shoot, clean shoot, just normal usage before the Seal One CLP Plus has removed whatever product that you were using before and has seasoned the firearm. It's kind of like breaking in a cast iron skillet. And after that first cleaning, you will notice a difference. And with each successive cleaning, you will find that it gets easier and easier to clean. Seal One CLP Plus is a dry lubricant and is designed to work as such you will find that malfunctions are virtually eliminated when used properly because the majority of all malfunctions are caused to carbon buildup. And with the Seal One CLP Plus, the carbon does not build up. Seal One CLP Plus is safe on all metals, plastics, composites, polymers, rubber, wood, and leather. Seal One CLP Plus is a one and done formulation. No other products are required or needed to clean and lubricate and protect your firearm. That's why we say seal one and done. Seal one is a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Use the code Leadhead for a 25% off discount. <laughs> I love the name. I love your logo. 
Uh, I'm going to do a little screen sharing here for our video audience, um, Doris, and I'll go back and forth um, as as our con conversation okay. continues. So, yeah, it's Bear. a pretty direct name. So here's the the website. I'm going to go to the main page here. So our video audience, you can see it. And how did you come up with the idea to start this organization, Doris? Juice can shoot. Um, I had been do I had an organization before starting in 2007 called Children of Jewish Holocaust Survivors where I had the idea that if people were informed again um, by what was going on culturally and politically um, and in the media and, and everything that was happening that they would see, the route that was being taken to repeat history. And um, so what I did is I had events every month for about seven years um, at a hotel when I, I lived in California in Los Angeles at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, they, uh, where I had speakers and panel discussions and films, and I tried to cover every single thing that I could think of. School propaganda, uh, is the dangers of the threat of Islam. Uh, I covered Israel, I covered anti-Semitism, I covered the First Amendment, I covered the Second Amendment, I covered threats to, 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 to our country, threats to our world. I did a couple of events on EMT. Um, uh, I, I did, uh, I cover, I tried to cover every, every, everything. So it was every month for seven years. Hmm. And I have the videos uh, still, there's a YouTube channel called Children of Jewish Holocaust Survivors. And all of I filmed every one of the events, and it's a it's a terrific historical archive. That's my that's David Capel. We talked about uh, the Second Amendment and genocide, which he's very prominent in discussing, by the way, and writing about. Um, and uh, so you do this so, every month for seven years. Every wow. month for seven years. There's about a hundred of them. Wow, that's amazing! And you guys can go, like she said, you can go to her YouTube channel, and it's mm -hmm. Children of Jewish Holocaust Survivors, Never Again, and she's got all of those those videos there. And I was listening to the one with uh, uh, the gentleman that you just said, David Capel. Yeah, I started listening. I didn't uh, check the whole thing, but uh, he's got a very good uh, account of the histories. Um, leading up to Absolutely. of the the Holocaust and what the Jews did you know, after the fact, some of the the uh, prisoners of war, whatever you you want to call them, um, uh, how a lot of them up, you know they tried to uprise and some of the success. Oh, the resistance. The resistance. Thank you, and uh, yeah. some of the successes that they had. So. Yes, they uh, did. It was amazing. It was. The they had yeah. with the, with the and you don't hear about you don't hear about that. You don't you don't you don't hear about that much uh, at all. But well, there's a continue. couple of wonderful movies about that. One of them is called The Resistance. It's very well very well worth watching, and it does show you know that we do you know we did resist if we had resisted before. 
Okay, but that's we'll talk about that yeah. later. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that later. So all of these videos are minimally edited. Okay, um, and um, and I and all of them include the question and answer period, which some of them is very extensive, which I found equally as um, as important as the as the event itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so they're they're all there. There is there. There's a lot of information here. So. Mm -hmm. So the so, the organization continue on how you got started with the organization. Okay. So at around in a, um, um, a, uh, around 2013, I um, I met Alex Kaczynski, who was at the time the chief judge of the Ninth Circuit, which is not exactly a well respected. N not recently, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> not for a very long several time. decades yeah um but he but judge kaczynski was a and is a very conservative thinking brilliant man um he was nominated by appointed by ronald reagan and at one point i understand if i if i'm correct here he was actually on the short list as a supreme for, for the, the supreme, supreme court, court for scotus and um he was oh, he, he he i think because of his i believe firmly because of his views much like judge thomas and and justice thomas and some of the others he was vilified to the point where it it just made sense for him to step down anyway he wrote a um a, a dissenting argument, which I have on my Jews Can Shoot website, I and and even one say one one part that it's I think it's right on the home page, on the sidebar, where in a nineteen I forget two thousand three decision he wrote the dissenting opinion, uh, where he basic where he said among other things. Uh, that were very important, all of which are very worth reading the entire thing. But the, the 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 part that stood out to me and grabbed me as if it like had grabbed me in my heart. It's he said that if the Jews had each had a rifle and fifty rounds, we would not have been so easily herded into the cattle cars. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can you can see how that affects me. Yeah. And, 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 that, and that just did it for me. So um, that's when I knew that there was a change that I had to make, that I had to move from there. And also, you know, Alex was a judge. Uh, judge Kaczynski was very, very, very pro 2A for obvious reasons. He He's also a child of Holocaust survivors. We're about the same age. We grew up, we didn't know each other, but we grew up um, just a few miles from each other in Los Angeles. And um, so we have this the same kind of mentality, the same kind of thinking. So about the time, the day after Obama was elected, I and millions of others um, made our way to a gun store and bought a gun. 
And then a little bit after that, I decided that I want to, you know, I wanted, obviously I wanted to do training because that's what most of us, the fact of the matter is I do believe that most uh, gun owners are responsible and we do get trained. We want, first of all, it's fun to shoot. So we, we get trained and um, uh, we, and so I thought how fun it would be if I trained with others and, it, and one thing led to another and I found some trainers who were willing to do it, to work with me. And so I started Jews Can Shoot and I sent out, you know, I started, I think the first one was called uh, Moisha Get Your Gun, uh, which was a play, uh, that's a, a Jewish name, uh -huh. um, a Yiddish name. And um uh, a play on that Annie get your gun right. and um, I had quite a few people show show up I think it was the first one was like eight people showed up at, to, and paid a fair amount of money and we got trained and we had a good time and um, and then it, it just grew from there and then it, at, at one point I realized that the events were no longer of any value and I said you know if you don't, if you can't see by now, I said to my people, to my audience, if you can't see by now what's happening, um, I, there's no more events that I can present that that can convince you. And I think it's time for you to go out and buy a gun and learn how to shoot. And and then I did training for about three years while I lived in California till I moved to Arizona, and I uh, brought over 400 people. To Arizona? No. <laughs> From California to Arizona? 400 people. I brought four, at least 400 people to shooting. And nice. I will say that more than half were Jewish. Very nice. Very nice. And just to be clear, um, your organization is not just for uh, people of the Jewish faith. It's, it's no, for everyone. My organization is a message from Jews. There you go. Just like, a good way to say you know, the, any of the other organizations that are, are you know, that come from an ethnic or other kind of background. Yeah, yeah. That promote, we, we are giving a message to Americans. And I love, I love your, and I don't know if you call it a slogan or what, but nothing says never again like an armed Jew. That's yeah. genius. Thank you. That. <laughs> I, that's my one talent, by the way, is coming up with these slogans. Coming up with slogans. I'm pretty good at that, too. Uh, uh -huh. We share something in common. I like that. Um, but, yeah, that that is awesome. Uh, and something that we haven't mentioned yet is that uh, you are the daughter of um, Holocaust survivors. I am. Talk about that. Talk about your parents. Okay. So um, my parents were both from um, a town in Poland called Lodz, L-O-D-Z. Um, and um, they, my father uh, was ended up in Auschwitz among a couple of other of, of the concentration camps. He had a wife and six sisters and parents and one brother. The only survivors was my father and his brother. Mm. So they were actually in the concentration camps. 
they were killed in the concentration in the camps. Yeah. My father survived because he was a brilliantly talented tailor, and the Nazis were incredibly vain, and he made them look good. So when they came for their fittings, they would bring him a rotten apple or an onion, and it was those which he shared with his brother, um, and those few extra calories brought them just past the starvation point, which is how Hitler came up with the the, the calorie count, where he he kept he starved them but kept them. Just at the level of starvation without completely right. killing them, but ended up killing them. Um, my mother, however, um, was able to escape to Uzbekistan. Mm. And um, and then what after the war, she was smuggled back. And of course, there were no they they had no homes to go back to. Um, my mother also lost some family uh, as well. And um, and then they both ended up in the same displaced persons camp in Germany, where they found each other on a list. There was a board, um, which I I call the original Match.com, <laughs> where they could find each. You know, they 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 weren't looking for people who like to walk on the beach on in sunsets, sure. but they were looking for people who knew other people so the so location kind of a tool to help locate correct they saw who survived uh the story that that i was told and there were a lot of stories that i was not told by the way till i was in like in high school because my parents as particularly my father didn't talk very much about it which which is probably why he died younger than he should have would have. And um, so my my mother had a brother who was already in Toronto. Um, they knew each other from 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 that. They met, they married, and then they tried to, to go to, you know, they tried to sponsor themselves. First, they tried to sponsor themselves to go to Palestine, which is what Israel was before, before, before it was reborn, before it became, came back as Israel. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, I don't know why, I, I never learned why they didn't end up there. Then they found, um, I've, a friend of mine recently found some paperwork where they attempted to go to the, come to the United States. They were denied that. And they, after three years, they were finally um, given permission to, to come to Toronto, Canada, in 1948 and um uh and so they did and then i was born there a year later okay so that i mean that is one of those uh, stories that you see movies about um maybe you should do a movie about your parents i think <laughs> it would make a great movie uh no doubt uh but very brave uh of, of your your mother and father now was your mother did, did she was she in any of the concentration camps or no no she she, she got out in, she got out before they she, rounded yeah, her. she was in the ghetto there there was the you know there was the warsaw ghetto there were ghettos yeah. and she was in the ludge ghetto and from the ludge ghetto they um i don't know the story um uh, she they were able to, to smuggle her out of there 
before they were taking people to the camps. And they smuggled her out and got her to Uzbekistan. But then they had to smuggle her back yeah. after the war. Wow. So did your mother share more stories with you than your father, I assume? Not, 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 not really so much. I overheard a lot of stories because most of their friends, if not all their friends, that I that grew that I grew up with were other survivors and other children of survivors, just like me, first generation children of survivors. Yeah, and you know this this didn't happen that long ago. Uh, I mean, obviously nope. there are still people alive that that were a part of this, involved, you know, mm-hmm. with this atrocity, um, but some people still refuse to believe that it even happened. You know that that's the the level of ignorance that they're uh, passing down uh, in our children th- these days, and mm-hmm. you know they're trying to teach away history. Um, well, they're doing that with all history, the American history too. Yeah, yeah every every kind of history. Uh, uh-huh. The but that's how we learn. You know, we have to have we have to have these these stories so that we learn from them and that they don't repeat themselves and. Well, that's what the, you know, that's, you know, if we don't, if we're, we don't learn from history, we're doomed. We are doomed. But when you see people trying to, to change uh, the narrative of, of what actually happened and hide and, you know, bury, bury the facts, bury what actually happened. It's just a, that's just a big clue, big fat clue that they're trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. very absolutely and you you know you hear of this uh in our schools these days you know where they're doing the the cr critical race theory and Uh all this teachings in our school and you know we're just shaking our heads and i don't have children so um you know it's hard for me to keep up with you know what's going on in in today's you know school systems but i hear from my my family and friends you know what's going on and i'm just shaking my head like that that can't be happening but it is. It, mm-hmm. is. it is actually true and, and happening. Well, that the, the idea there uh, with what the schools are doing, besides besides rewriting history, is is to separate the the, the children from the parents, is to break up the family. Yeah, and and, and di- dictators like Hitler and Stalin and Lenin, they were big on that. Also, they were big on indoctrinating they, the youth. Uh, to their and, and, their way uh-huh. of thinking, and it, how do they do that? Well, they try to get separating, like you said, separating for the parents, and you know that indoctrinization is, you know, one of the things that, in, like you said, uh, Germany that uh, Adolf his regime, you know, were big on, and the youth they would turn their parents in if they were doing anything to break exactly. You know, the will and that's of what the they're doing. Isn't that what they're doing now with you know with with you know with climate change and and you know and and all you know do the, do your parents have guns and well, that and, and the gender uh, I mean, stuff that's going on and it's just all this stuff that you just shake your head at you know people our age are just like you know a male is a male a female is a female and <laughs> I, I just I mean I don't get all that's this pretty stuff. basic. It's science. It's science. Uh You can't, it's like math. You can't change math. Math is math. Two plus two is four. You know, it will always be that way. 
a right. X chromosome and a Y chromosome will always be that way. It's <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but the similarities is what I'm getting at as to what happened then and, and what we're going through now. Uh, all the gun um, control that we're experiencing. I mean, we we have already too many you know laws as it is, not just firearms, Absolutely. but laws in general. We have laws on top of laws that are laws for laws. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's ridiculous. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to talk because I'm fascinated because you're just you're one generation separated from you know what happened the Holocaust. Correct. Um, so you're probably going to be my closest source that I ever get to of of actual hearing about what happened. You know, and I don't think that needs to be lost through history. So, you know, children of the Holocaust need to keep telling the story and, and get it out there. So if you don't mind, if there are some stories that maybe your father, or your mother shared with you that you could share with us, uh, we would love to hear those. Well, I, I, I don't. As I said, um, my father didn't talk about it. I didn't know that my father had a wife going in before the Holocaust until I was 17 and doing uh, a, a, an essay on it for, a, for an assignment in high school. Mm-hmm. So he didn't talk about it. And even then, when he knew I was interviewing him and I had to do this assignment, um, he, I could see that he was having a very hard time. So I, I, did, I didn't hear it. Didn't press it there right. is, however, and it's it's available on the internet and it's on my website, a, um, a video by, and I don't know if she's still alive, but her name was, uh, was Kitty Wortham, W-E-R Worthman. Um, I can't remember exactly. Um, and she is a survivor who did a lot of speaking. There were a lot of, many survivors made it their business to to speak everywhere mm-hmm. that they could and um, and they were a tremendous source of of knowledge of what went on there and her video is in my opinion mandatory listening for for everybody and you said she her name actually, is Kitty Kitty Worthman yes yeah okay and you said that's on your website. Where can I find it on your website? I'm there now for our video there's audience. Search there. So there's the whole one, and there's a part. And she ends up. She she goes through the all the details and the history of how they of how of how Jews were disarmed, and it it it's not like ident. That's her. It's not like identical to what they're doing because it doesn't have to be identical. But the res- how it's done is the same, and and the result is the same. And that was how she ended her her talk: "Keep your guns and buy more." Because <laughs> that awesome. is that was in every in Hitler and every dictator. That is what they do: they disarm the population. They disarm and they they uneducate them. <clears throat> you know, it starts mm-hmm. with the uneducating um, and then the, the, the disarming. And, uh, you know, again, like you said, it doesn't have to be the exact same, but it can take different forms. And Right, exactly. We're seeing a lot of that in our 
in America right. over the past so 20 of, years. When some of us say that, you know, that, you know, people ask, is there going to be another Holocaust or expecting another Holocaust? They're, they're asking if, we, if we're expecting the same thing where people are put into cattle cars and taken to concentration camps and gas. Well, a Holocaust can manifest itself in different ways. It, it doesn't, it, 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 it's not going to be exactly the same, but once they disarm us, once they take away our Second Amendment rights to defend ourselves, they're already going after our First Amendment rights to express ourselves and talk to each other. They're, they have com complete control. Absolutely. Once they, they go they after to, one, all the other ones, cars. yeah, after they, after they get one, then all the other ones will soon fall. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter which one they get. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, the food supply, the, uh, the medical, um, our ability to get medical care, their, you know, education, uh, separating people. I mean, it, that's, it's, it's, it's history repeating itself. Absolutely. It's just today's form versus yesterday's form. And just because it wasn't yesterday's form doesn't mean we shouldn't recognize it. It's the same. It, the result is the same. I was trying to find um, if there was like a dedicated site maybe to Kitty. I was looking for that. There's a lot uh, on her when I do a search on her. Um, but you, can, you guys can go to uh, Doris's website and the video is, is there. Right, and I, I'm pretty sure that I posted the her entire. Now, I posted the the excerpt, which obviously was important to me about the guns, because so people don't. Sometimes people don't have the patience to watch the whole the whole thing. Although I think the the way she puts everything out there is is just beautifully done, and I admire that she had the ability and the strength to relive what she, what she, that, see, that was the hardest thing for people to talk about yeah. is that every time they talked about it, they relived it. Sure. Sure. And you, know, you, you can't imagine, you know, what these, there's mm -hmm. no way, there's no way that we could put ourselves in their shoes. But again, the importance that people still hear these stories, uh, from, uh, and is she, I don't know. She's still alive. She's probably not still alive. Is she? I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I Probably very few Holocaust survivors that are still uh, alive today. But again, you know, the first generation like yourself, um, the more that we can encourage them to, you know, keep the, their, their mother and father's aunts and uncles uh, stories going, um, the better for all humanity. And well, there's the Holocaust museums have a lot of information yeah. And they're very worthwhile going to. People like me don't need to go there because we live it. We, you know, it's part of us. Sure. But that's where people can get a lot of information. And then Spielberg, Steven Spielberg did a, uh, where he recorded, I forgot what it was called actually, where people came, Holocaust survivors came in and they filmed their where they spoke about their histories and those would be that would be a very valuable resource for people who are really interested in hearing the, the personal details of what people lived through who were able to talk about it it's interesting my parents did not do that they they were they 
they weren't. Some yeah, and it's could. like my grandfather. Um, you know, he was in World War II, and he didn't ever talk about it. Right. Yeah. You know, you just you didn't. And it was it was known that you didn't even bring it up. You weren't to right. to ask him about it or mm-hmm. or anything. So, you know, unfortunately, as much as I you know wanted to talk to him about it, I didn't really get a get a whole lot about it. But uh, See, she was eighty four. Actually, Lefty, that's really good what you found. Yeah, so Kitty was eighty four in twenty ten. So I highly doubt that she's still with us today. I highly doubt it too. Yeah, my father was born in nineteen twelve. Okay. No, that's that's in twenty ten when she yeah. did when she was eighty four in twenty ten. Yeah, so this is twenty twenty two. So twelve right. years right. later. Right. I mean, she could possibly be. Well, maybe. Usually there's like a Wikipedia or something on on people like this. And here's a a rational wiki. Rational wiki. I don't know what that is. but Well, that's unfortunate. I mean, I wish. But these these events that you had there for seven years and you you had these people coming in and these speakers coming in, I'm sure you got, you heard a lot of stories from from those people and and did you get any holocaust survivors that attended any of those uh seminars that you i'm sure i I, i'm sure i did have some survivors i had many survivor children children of survivors um they did not i mean we we didn't we didn't talk stories they were the ones that the people that came to my events Oh, there you are. Yeah, she passed away at 96. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of, they, there was a story in the New York Times Magazine several years ago, and I know that I still have it, that showed that Eastern European Jews, meaning survivors like this, mm-hmm. uh, had, had, uh, had quite longevity in their lives. We lived a long time. Yeah. So, I mean, that was just this year then, I guess. 96. Yeah, that's, she spoke for the Eagle Forum. That's what that video was, was out. June 14th of this year, she passed away. Oh, wow. Just this, just Just a few months ago. Yeah. Well, she did good with what was, with her life. I will say that if we listen to her. Absolutely. That's the only way. If we listen to what her words, if we listen to her message. So with your organization, you know, obviously the 2A is is front and foremost, the uh, Second Amendment rights. Um, mm-hmm. And you talked about how before this, you, you know, you would go out and you bought a gun and you'd get some friends together and you guys would take classes and and uh, and whatnot. With Jews can shoot. Do you are you still organizing group uh, training, group shootings? Um, no, I stopped doing that when I left California. Um, I was I was mainly focused on beginners, and mm-hmm. uh, so that people would go beyond. They would find their own training because I, for I felt that people would be more inclined to continue 
instead of making it a one-off where they take one class and they have fun and that they would continue if they had to find their own someplace close to them, an instructor that they, you know, could work with. Sure. And then, and so, so, and so I mostly, mostly did beginner pistol, um, beginner um, rifle, um, I did uh, classes on cleaning. I did classes mm-hmm. on dry firing. I did classes on how to buy a gun. Um, I did one evening, which I st- still found memorable, in in Culver City in the Los Angeles, out just outside of Los Angeles, there is a store, a gun store called um, Martin B. Redding. And um, if you've ever heard of it, and the two brothers that own it are also children of survivors. And this you is in California? In Culver City. R-E-D-D-I-N-G? R-E-T-T-I-N-G. Martin B. Redding. Oh, here we go. Martin and B. Redding for- Guns. Um, Redding.com. Let's see if this is them. Martin B. Redding Incorporated. We buy guns, one gun or entire collections. Please contact us. And this is in Washington Boulevard, Culver City, California. So mm-hmm. probably one because of the few. Because you can't few, have a gun store in Los Angeles. I was going to say one of the few probably gun stores in that uh-huh. area. Right. <laughs> so that's where I bought my first gun. And um, I became a regular customer and a friend. And I wanted to do an event where people who had been taking my classes for a while would come and um, and um, and and look for a gun. And I wanted to make it comfortable for them because it's not if you you know it it, it can be very intimidating going <laughs> going to buy your first gun. Yeah. So they were actually unbelievably wonderful they opened up their store to just to us at five o'clock one evening and i had about 50 people who who showed up and they and a lot of the salesmen i think almost all the salesmen volunteered to stay for that evening and um and the 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 managers did a, a a talk with them and then they went and they looked for guns and they worked with salespeople. And a lot of my people bought guns. They bought their first guns that 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 evening. And what year was that? So, Rough um, well, it must have been before uh, 2015. So okay. maybe gotcha. like, you know, seven years ago, yeah. seven, eight years so ago. So I pulled up his website here and he's got a picture from 2020, you know, the pandemic uh, surge. And he's got he's got a picture of the line. Like going around the building. Yeah, it's people. that's already an iconic picture. Yeah, and it's not for. I don't know that it's from 2020, but I'll. It says it is. From, it says photo oh, taken in said? March of 2020. Yeah, oh. turned uh, MBR into the face of the pandemic surge in gun sales. Right. I love. Well, that. that's what it looked like the day after Obama was elected too. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh-huh. And around the country, not just uh, there. I'm sure around right. the country. That's right. That's what it looked like. Um, so that wow. was a that was a they they um, they I remember him saying them telling me that they sold more guns in uh, in those two hours that they, than they did on a Saturday. <laughs> 
So I, believe I was it. quite, that made me really happy. Yeah. You see that it, it, I, I felt, I felt like I had some impact. Well, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure you did. And, um, mm -hmm. I would like to see you start that up again in Arizona. Um, well, Arizona has plenty of, of, uh, of, there's never enough, never enough. One more is, is, is not enough. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> But there, there's there's a lot of shooting ranges and indoor and outdoor and there's a lot of trainers. So when people, you know, call me now and or email me and ask me, you know, where where they can go and train, I I suggest that they find a place nearby to them uh, and go and work with a few different trainers and uh, and see who they resonate with. Uh, but definitely to train with different trainers because the trainers all have different styles. You learn something different from from all the trainers. Absolutely, yeah. That's uh -huh. a good. That's a good um, uh, philosophy to have there too. Right. And you shoot indoors. You shoot outdoors. You shoot pistols. You shoot rifles, you know, shotguns, all of crossbows. And what you know, everybody has to find find their way and and to get involved and and I think that the, and and a lot of these gun ranges have different you know activities and groups that meet you know more more often and it's good to get involved with them because then you also make friends in your neighborhood and you can go shooting you know with them in different you know at different times you have and it's it's fun that way anytime you get a group involved it always uh, ends up Hopefully, you know, with fun. Mm -hmm. Founded in 2012, IWIUS is the USA-based subsidiary of Israel Weapon Industries Limited of Ramat Hasharon, Israel. The IWIUS line of products includes the Tavor X95, the Uzi Pro pistol and SMG, the Galil Ace line of firearms, and the belt-fed Negev line of light machine guns. IWI's mission is to bring the highest quality firearms with real world proven reliability to the U.S. commercial and law enforcement market. IWI US are proud sponsors of the Talking Lead AK Corner and the Leadhead Brigade. Check us out at www.iwi.us and on social media under IWI US. Now, it's time for the Talking Lead Facts to Fight the Myths. And okay. is there a, a myth out there maybe about Jews and firearms or firearms exactly where you're going or, with this <laughs> <laughs> that you would like to that you'd like to bust yeah okay so I always get this uh, this question which is really isn't really a question sometimes it's a statement so um, the question is, how come so many Jews who have with the Holocaust and their black arm, blah, 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 are so anti-gun? So first of all, it's not so many, okay? It, it's, it's a lot, but it's, first of all, we are not immune to having stupid people, okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay? There's a lot of stupid people, and they, and that's one thing, they cross all, they cross party lines, they cross religious lines, they cross ethnic lines, there are stupid people. I, I, I can't explain it. There's no it. cure for stupid. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. And 
And there are plenty of Christian people who are anti-gun and atheists who are anti-gun and this, that, and the other who, who are, who are anti-gun. And like I said, when I did, when I started Juice Can Shoot and the training, I had plenty of Jews who showed up to learn and plenty of Jews who continue to shoot. And there are many Jews who do shoot that we don't know about because they don't talk about it. They, 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 they don't. And I'm, I'm one who, for better or for worse, I'm very outspoken. Maybe you can tell. And, um, uh, and I don't know if it'll ever come back to bite me. Uh, but I, you know, I, 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 and I respect people who, who don't, who don't want to, who don't want to talk about it. Who don't want to tell people? So you never know when you meet somebody who is Jewish whether or not they have a gun, or whether or not they shoot. They're not going to come out and like wear it on their on their chest or anything and say I have a gun. Unless uh, they're know, wearing one of your. I'm going to say unless they're wearing one of your hats or shirts. <laughs> unless they're wearing one of my hats and they're you were exactly or a shirt or drinking you know a mug or something and then right. you know and, and that's uh, you know that's fine but most people don't don't come out and 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 speak about it. So uh, and also I think that people would be surprised to learn that a lot of that there are gun manufacturers and gun distributors and and. And, and ammunition uh, uh, manufacturers that are owned by Jews. So one of our sponsors, IWI, obviously an Israeli company. Right. Yeah. And some and and if you and Guns America is owned by Jews. Oh, it is. Okay. Did mm-hmm. not know that. And uh, so there's quite a few of them and names that would, that, you know, that wouldn't. The reason I mentioned them, and I'm not going to mention others, is because um, they actually have uh, uh, two Hebrew letters on, if you look for it, very tiny Hebrew letters. Guns America? On, mm-hmm. I'm going to pull it up. Go, um, unless they sold, they, that's, they do. <clears throat> Let's see. They got an eagle. Let me share my screen. Am I sharing my screen? No. Not yet. Uh, there's a black. See, go all the way to all the way to the right at the top. Top, top at the cock. Way on the black part. Oh, okay. Down here? Over right. the other way. The other right. <laughs> this way? The other the other way. Oh. This this way. All the way the other way. It's we're over the girl's head. This girl, okay. Let me move all, all you the way out to the it. top. It's at the top. That's as high as it goes. No, right there. Oh, this. Yes, sir. Ah, sneaky. Uh, but it's yeah. So for our listeners, if you go to gunsamerica.com, um, and what she's talking about, the very top of their website, you go where their card is on their top up above that. There's some. Jewish letter. Hebrew, it's two Hebrew, Hebrew letters. Hebrew, yeah, Hebrew. What, now, what is that? It's B H are are the letters B and then uh, uh, B H is an acronym for the Hebrew words Baruch Hashem, blessed is God. Okay, there you go. Okay, yeah, I mean, not that that changes my opinion. I, mean, I still like Guns America. No, so, uh-uh. uh Maybe even but like them the- even more now. You know. Right, but at the but the, the point of what I'm what I'm trying to say is, 
we we aren't i do not believe that we are an, any anti, more anti-gun than any other group of people oh okay i got you. okay and you can i mean i call it stupid but it's you know that's that's really not fair that's what they believe they're not right right in what they believe but they don't think i'm right either sure and that could go with anybody who doesn't agree with your opinion on something. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. That was a good fact to fight to myth. I like that. Thank you, Doris. And you were telling me, here, you know, here's another thing, too, um, that, you know, there's an actual passage, a religious passage. Yes. So talk In the about Bible, and, and I learned this from David Capel, and it, and I actually, I have a mug that's not, I don't have it in my, I have a mug and a shirt and a and a mouse pad and and all kinds of things. I have it in Hebrew and I have it in, in English and it's from the Babylonian Talmud, which is one of our books. And it, it what it says is it's a command from God to us that if someone is coming to kill you, rise up and kill him first. Okay, so if that's not self-defense, I don't know what is. Uh, it, it sounds the the opposite of turn the other cheek. <laughs> it is, we do not have turn the other cheek in the Torah. There is no turning of cheeks in the Torah. Yeah, so here it is, and you've got this on your website, and can you say um, it in Hebrew? I cannot. <laughs> it's Haba Ihar Getcha Hashkim Ihargel. If someone Very is, good. That's the transliteration. <laughs> if someone is coming to kill you, rise against him and kill him first. Right. Words to live by, definitely. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about you have a store on your website, and uh, you've got the um, T-shirts with the Jews can shoot. Um, I'm going to click on that, make it a little larger there. Yeah, says, that's nothing, one of my best sellers, actually. Just that, like, just like that. Yeah, nothing says never again. Uh huh. Like an armed Jew. I like and I that. also have that in patches. I make that in patches. You get the patches. And then I had some women who asked me. Um, women like to wear long sleeves. I, especially to the range. I, I'm a fan of that myself. I like having, long sleeves. Having had hot stuff be hit hot on brass. my arm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I made some of them um, in in that. So I have I have that. My best seller is right down there. Is my my keepa. Um, I have one in my hand. And the keepa is the thing that you see. Is what men wear. Men wear at the back of their yeah, bald yes. spots, but it's, as reverence to God, exactly. They had up. They had their bald spots. <laughs> Excuse me. I said that's what they used to hide their bald spots. That, okay, that too. That too. <laughs> okay. And then I have my, my different hats and a beanie. I like the infidel hat. Very nice. Yes. Tis my, the season for beanies. I have that in a mug as well. Uh, you got a, and, a apron, a chef's apron? Yes. Two, th yeah, I have three of them. Yeah, you've got water bottle and you've got these cool pins. And I've got these cool pins. Well, the one, the one that, picture that you have in the hand, that is a bottle breacher. Yeah, this one over here. Yeah. Yes. Fifty cal bottle opener. Uh -huh. 
And you got your mugs for those uh, yes. who like to indulge in hot And my in most popular drinks. mug is the is that's the enamel mug and the opposite on the opposite side. And if you click on it, it'll go to the other side, and then you have that uh, that Talmudic uh, mandate. See, uh, that is my best seller in mugs. In mugs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, mm-hmm. And then you got hoodies. And then here's mouse pads, and you got all kinds of cool stuff here. So, yep. Leadheads, go check, go check out her um, her store. And I'm and I'm just in the process now of uh, I'm redoing my store because right now it's a little loving hands at home because I created it myself several years ago, but I'm redoing it. And I have a brand new logo with a brand new name that's more active. Instead of calling it the Armed You Marketplace, I have a great one called Stay Armed. And it is in the shape of a Star of David, done beautifully. Um, And it's called Stay Armed because that is more active and that's my message. Nice, very good. So Doris, um, I posted on social media letting our listeners know that you were going to be our guest, mm-hmm. and that we have some questions. Okay. And what we do I on share this... it also. Uh, okay, good. And we'll we'll check. Did you get receive any questions from your post? I don't. I I, I didn't. I don't think so. Okay. I got some likes, but not okay. uh, not no questions. No, no questions. So well, they don't. They're not eligible then because what we <laughs> yes, do here. No is we reward our listeners by participating. And when I make posts like this and we get questions, uh, we will uh, randomly somehow go through and we'll pick a winner because I've got some SEAL 1 that I'm going to give away to one of our listeners, a nice packet from our, our sponsor, SEAL 1. One of one of you who participates is going to get that. Uh, and then also one of our dump trays from Mission First Tactical, uh, you will get one of those as well. Uh, logo depending. I don't know what kind of logo we'll put on there. We'll put something cool. And uh, do you, would you like to reward our listeners with uh, maybe a hat or a shirt or anything like that? Absolutely. A okay. hat. Absolutely. A hat. There you go. Very good. Maybe a beanie. Since it's... They can pick one of these. Oh, okay. Nice. Ooh, I want the one on the left. I like that. This one? Oh, my left. <laughs> this one. That one. I love that one. Yeah, that one's awesome. Black one. That's the I one will I... send one to you. Oh, I appreciate that. You don't have to okay. do that. Reward I, our also, listeners. If, if somebody wants one of these, a kippah, uh-huh. I would be delighted. Ah, very nice. So why don't we give one of those away also? Absolutely. Okay, we'll do that too. Very cool. All right, we'll start with um, Pew Pew RN. Uh, that's Eric. What is your preferred handgun and home defense gun? Okay, so my preferred, like my carry gun, is is that what he's, do you think that's what he's asking? Me? Yeah, he's asking what, what is your carry gun and your, okay. the one you my use for home defense. Okay, my, my SIG 3365. Very nice. Hands down. And do you have like maybe something for home? Do you have like something bigger, maybe a shotgun or you got an AR or something for home? I, 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 I have an AR and I'm, I have in the house strategically placed Very a good. couple of full size nine millimeters. Very good. And a Glock that shoots forty caliber, which is one of my favorites. Well, you know, that's how, that was my very first handgun was a was a Glock twenty three, the forty cal. And uh, mine I, too. I, I, I reluctantly switched over to nine millimeter uh, over the years, 
but I still have it. It's uh, back there behind that that wall. And I actually have. Um, uh, I'll tell you about it later. I, I got when, it, I got it custom first, engraved. <laughs> my first handgun that I bought, I bought it online. I didn't know exactly what I was buying, but I showed it to a friend of mine who was a police officer. And I said, I can get this gun. I was in California. And that was the time where California still allowed you to 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 have a gun sent in. I, I think you can't do that anymore. And um, and it was a 40 caliber. And I got that. And then I had another friend who, as a housewarming gift, brought me 1000 rounds of 40. Wow. That's a Isn't heck of a gift. And that's like the that. best housewarming is, gift I ever got. Hey, that's what I tell people. You ever want to, you know, stumped on what to get me, get me ammo. <laughs> exactly. You can never go wrong with ammo. Right. All right. Uh, he also asked, PPRN, how does the organization fulfill its mission to honor the memory of the Holocaust? By by uh, by warning people to that the, the Second Amendment, that we are lucky as anything to live in a country that has a Second Amendment. Or a Constitution. And, well, within the Constitution. And con- our yes. Bill of Rights and all that, yeah. Yes. And we other are, countries there are don't have countries that. that have that have a Second Amendment. America is the only one that has one, the Second Amendment that's supposed to be without restrictions. And we, and that's where we need to keep it. So that's how I honor my parents and other Holocaust survivors by keeping people armed, so that they're so that so that the dictators and the tyrants can't do what they what they did to my ancestors. Uh, at least not as easily, right? There, we, we can put up some sort of a fight. AKM Archer, please tell me IWIUS helps support this organization. I feel like the Galil has always been the Jewish Excalibur. <laughs> That's funny. You know what the uh, Galil is? Yeah. You remember the Galil? Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Uh, Brett Bedal. Uh, Brett says, please talk about Jewish military service and how most of, not all the people serve at some point. And I don't think that... Well, that's Israel. I I don't don't delve into Israeli politics. Yeah. But there are some American Jews that feel led to go over there and and serve as well. Yes, and they're qualified to do that. And there are some, I can give you the name of somebody. If you would like to interview him, he'd probably be a terrific interview. I know lots of people. Okay. Uh, when I think of Israel, I cannot help but think of the iconic Uzi submachine gun. Again, you have to forgive my listeners. They're gun people. so okay. Some of these questions may not be relevant to you. I, I may fill them. Um, iconic Uzi submachine gun. I'm not sure how to make this into a question relevant to the discussion, but it's the first thing that came to my mind. Okay. Well, I love the Uzi too. I will leave it at that. Okay. Uh, Giddy up. What do you feel that the media gets wrong with Jewish culture? especially when it comes to to guns. I think we covered a little bit. Is there anything else you'd like to expound upon on that? No, but I I don't know that the media does it as much as individuals do it. Mm -hmm. I I mean, and I find that it's more often than not, which really distresses me, is it's other Jews who, who are saying this, who are saying that Jews are, you know, you know, how can you have been through the Holocaust and be anti? You, you, we can't be painted all of us with one brush any more than you can paint anybody with any group of people with one brush. Right. It's just, 
and and I don't know what the I don't know what the point of that conversation is. And I and like I said, the I don't know the answer other than there are stupid people everywhere. Yeah. Well, I think you you explained that question through through our, our conversation here. So um, I think you answered it already. Ryan Reisner, when did you decide you were going to own your first gun? And you touched on that a little bit too, but go ahead and tell us again. One, uh, when um, the, the whole idea of defending myself with a gun was when I read Alex Kaczynski's dissenting opinion and then a few years a couple a few years later when obama was elected and i was able to put two and two together and i wasn't the only one and i wasn't the only jew he also asked were your parents influential to you as you grew up and decided to become a second amendment advocate um, my father died when i was quite when i was younger and um, my mother lived with me till till the age 99 and um, she pretty much supported anything I did. Um, and I would say just, yes, they were 100% influential because of, you know, they went through the Holocaust. So maybe right. directly or indirectly, they, were, they influenced you. Right. Um, Bonafide Breed, what is one misconception that people have had about you as a female entrepreneur, shooter, and how do you prove them wrong? How did you prove them wrong? Well, I've never had any because I don't fit any of the mold of a shooter. <laughs> I mean, because nobody would look at me and think, oh, she's carrying. Nope. How about the entrepreneur side of things? Have you ever had any negative things come your way being a female no, entrepreneur? No, no, actually, no, not. Good. Mm -mm. That's good. Just keep the negative stuff out of your life, right? Either that or I'm not paying attention. <laughs> it just doesn't bother you, right? You're like, uh -huh. yeah. you just brush it off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also asked, if you can have a weapon collab with any firearm company, who would you choose and why would it be IWI? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure what he's asking. Uh, I think answer, I think maybe. probably just okay. if there was maybe a design something that you would like to change, or uh, maybe even a just putting your brand on, you know, a gun and you know having your your logo and having it associated with Jews can shoot. Glock. You know, maybe like on Glock. a Galil. Glock. Glock. You like to go with so that that is ironic, right? <laughs> German manufacturer. Israeli touch or Jewish well, touch. I, I've, I've always had Glocks. I know that a lot of Israelis care in, in Judea and Samaria carry Glocks. They're reliable. They're simple. They work. That's my, you know, I like that's fancy my preference. shoes and fancy purses, but my guns have to just work. That's right. That's my preference too. I carry Glock mm -hmm. also. It just fits my I, hand better. You know, I, I shoot them good. Now, there is mm -hmm. one called a Canik. It's a Turkish gun that I think you would like. If you like Glocks, I think you, you would like the uh, the Canik. Yeah. The, the what is? The what? It's called the Canik. Yannick, it's Yannick in, in Turkish, but it's C-A-N-I-K, Canik. Oh. Um, okay. One of our sponsors, Century Arms, imports those. Uh, and they're, they're for the price point, 
the performance that you get out of them, really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I've got any questions on Facebook here. Uh, yes. Jacob Rosecki, longtime listener. In your experience, how hard has it been to convince, persuade other Jewish people to take up firearms? Oh, I saw that yesterday, and I, I believe I've addressed it not even one bit. Not even one bit. There you go. When I started Jews Can Shoot, nobody, you know, and I, and I sent out the invitation for classes. My classes filled up right away. Yeah. I think and maybe— nobody, said, nobody wrote to me and said, why are you doing this? You know, we should, nobody did that. You didn't get any pushback? Nope. No pushback at all. Very nice. That's why I think you need to continue doing that in Arizona. All right, so let's pick some winners from those from those questions. Which was your favorite of those questions? And then we'll give them your hat. We'll award them the hat. The black one. Uh, whichever. Yeah, that one. Okay. Sure. I'm going to let you pick because you have the questions in front of you. Okay. Uh, so I'm just going and to... And that, that last gentleman, I think, that asked the question about how with a pushback... Jacob Rosecki. I believe he's Jewish. Let's give him the the bald spot cover. <laughs> 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 What's it called? The Kippa. K-I-P-P-A-H. Kippa. Get to the Kippa. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger used to say, get to the chopper. Mm-hmm. All right, Jacob. So you have won the Kipa. Email me, talkinglatgmail.com. Uh, reference this episode, what you won, and obviously we're going to need your um, mailing address. And I will mm-hmm. forward that on to Doris. Um, and that goes for, for all the winners. I need all that info. So, uh, so I'm just going to randomly go through here. Stop. Uh, Ryan... Reisner, he asked a couple of questions. Um, he asked the one about when did you decide you were going? Yeah, um, that's a good one. To get good your first stone and then your parents. He asked about the parents. Um, so he gets the hat. Okay. So Ryan, talking about gmail.com. Let me know what you want. Uh, and then the seal one. Let's see. Let's just stop. Bonafide breed. You get the seal one. And he asked about the weapon collab uh, and then the mil- the Jewish military service, which we've had some people on. I've had an actual uh, lieutenant colonel from the, the Israeli forces on. I've actually, uh, I've taken, I've trained uh, with some Israelis. Uh, I took an Israeli defensive course. So I've been, been through some training there. So you win that, Brett, or not to Brett, but uh, Bonafide Breed. And then let's give the tray away to, how about AKM Archer? Uh, He asked a couple of questions there. Yeah, I like the Jewish Excalibur. That was cool. So that's AKM Archer. We'll do that. All right, there you go, Leadheads. Uh, Again, talkingletgmail.com if your name was called for one of those prizes. And uh, I'll forward your info to Doris, and then I'll send you the uh, seal one and the dump trace. So, Doris, I really appreciate you being on and and sharing your story, sharing your company with our listeners. Uh, And and I appreciate you having me on, believe me. 
would love to uh, have you back on, and uh, I want to hear that you're doing things in Arizona that you were doing in California. You did a great job, and uh, I'd like you to keep that up. Those those seminars seem like they were they were phenomenal. The seminars uh, were phenomenal. They were absolutely phenomenal. Probably a lot of work too. I'm sure. Uh, a lot of work, and I put out all my own money for that. I charged fifteen dollars a head, and that was it. That was it. And I filmed everything, and 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 I put out. That's how important all of this is to me. Oh, very the good. one mark I want to leave when I leave this world is that it doesn't happen again. Never again. Never again. Uh, so leadheads, go to Doris's website. Again, give them your website, your social media, where they can get in touch with you. So my uh, the Jews Can Shoot website is jewscanshoot.org. Uh, my store currently is named The Armed Jew Marketplace. Um, I am on Facebook under Jews Can Shoot and The, well, and the, and, uh, uh, the Armed Jew Marketplace. Um, I'm on LinkedIn um, where I met you. Yeah, and um, and and I'm getting into some of the other social media uh, uh, places, and I'm going to go into the more conservative ones as well, like Getter and Truth Social, and some of those other ones. Because I well, good luck to you on that. <laughs> I I can only keep up with you know the Instagram and you know the Facebook, and I really right. don't do those very well, but. Um. So go. go. I, I, I do think the conservative ones are the way of the future. Well, I, I think Facebook is, it's on life support. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I just think they need to uh, become less political. And uh, I mean, well, if they lose us, they lose everything. Well, more of us need to jump ship, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't think they're 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 hurting. They got they still got. I don't know what was it like several billion people on there. I don't know, but yes, we have to make a statement. That's the best way to do it, is not use their services. If you're not happy with them, um, just that's how uh, consumerism works. That's right. All right, leadheads, uh, go show Doris some love. Let her know that you're a leadhead and you appreciate her being on. Uh, and go to that store and more importantly, you can buy some of her products to help support uh, the organization. Uh, and speaking of supporting organizations, those that make this show possible, go show them some love. Keltech, go to keltechweapons.com, go to their Instagrams, like their posts. Uh, and as, as you guys know, and we were kind of talking about there, these uh, social media platforms like to bog us down with all their algorithms. So the more you share, the more you like, the more you comment on our post, the, the more we're going to get out there and try to get around some of these, these algorithms. So... Uh, go to Keltech Weapons, show them some love, use the code LEADHEAD on the website, get 15% off. Go to IWIUS, I don't have a discount code set up with them yet, but let them know they uh, are responsible for uh, sponsoring me at several of these uh, gun events, so let them know. Uh, with the October coming up, we've got all the AK-47 um, events and competitions coming up, Kalashtober, Red October, Kalash Bash, uh, there's several of those that are coming up. Uh, Defiant Munitions, if you want a discount on some ammunition, use the code LEADHEAD, all caps. You get 10% off from Defiant Munitions, high-quality defensive ammo from our buddy Pete over there. And Mission First Tactical, 
Go to MissionFirstTactical.com. Use code LEADHEAD. Get 20% off. CO1.com. Again, LEADHEAD, 25% off for your CLP, gun cleaning, lubrication, and protection uh, product. Seal one and done, baby. And we are done with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Doris Wise has been our, our special guest, and we greatly appreciate her again for being on, Doris. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you so much. Uh, I learned a lot, and uh, hopefully our listeners have too. All right, Leadheads, until the next episode, I want to see some comments uh, on our social media. I want to hear from you, talkingled at gmail.com. And as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. Keep your firearms closer. And nothing says never again like an armed Jew and an armed American. <laughs>